0: God you are so good God you are so good God you are so good and we need you we need your presence we need your joy we need your love we need everything that you have to offer and we thank you that you are a good God Jennifer Bannis my wonderful wife can we welcome her? come on
1: But I actually felt the Lord tell me to do something prophetic. And so, is that okay for a second? So I felt like he told me to, to sit down and do this. Uh, I felt like the Lord said, I want you to take your, your shoes off because this is holy ground. And so I just want to declare that this space is holy ground. And I just, I was sitting there in in my seat and, and he just opened my eyes to just like the holiness, the gold of God just falling from heaven on this place. And just this feeling like in a minute as my feet are walking across these floors that I would feel the gold of God like you would walking across a beach. It would be that thick. Just the the glory of God, the gold of God, in this space, falling down on us, and and He's give He's blessed me, He's allowed me for my feet to touch this ground today, and I feel really humbled. Um, I said I wasn't gonna cry, and I it's only been one minute in. Okay, maybe I'll just cry all service. Usually it's the opposite. You know that's how it goes. If you say I'm not gonna do something then God is like, <laughs> let's see about that. Okay, so I'm going to sit for a second in my bare feet. Uh, many years ago, my boyfriend, Chris Bannis, Pastor Hansen, um, I think this was actually when he was a youth pastor, got this word from the Lord and it was awake, arise, arise, and advance um, and it really struck me at the time like I was a young mom working through postpartum depression um, dealing with sort of the psychological aspect of that but just like fatigue and also just being like a really young and stupid kid in ministry that really didn't know what I was doing um, and and even though it was a word that was meant to be corporate, it just felt like it was for me in that season in my life. And to be honest with you, it felt more like a promise. I didn't really feel awake, and I didn't really feel like I'd risen up to a very powerful place, and I wasn't really advancing anywhere. Um, I was sort of um, maybe more, what's that word when you paddle in one place in the water? Doggy paddle Tread water That's what it is Booyah um, I sort of That's what it felt like You know And and so I think that Chris getting this word And just like sharing with me What God has spoken to him Was like a seed in my heart um, And so now we fast forward To a hundred years later And I'm 106 years old And we've been in ministry A little longer Than we were then um, And I Chris and I were talking about preaching together today and then we were going back and forth about what we were going to preach about and at first it was going to be about reconciliation and the Lord said, no, the seed that I put in you is ripe. And it feels like this word, awake, arise and advance is in its stage of fruitfulness as a prophetic word to be spoken over the people of God. So it wasn't just for me, but I had to learn how to live that out a little bit first before maybe God trusted me with it and also before there was any authority behind it. (laughs) Uh, Just to say, for those of you that are really concerned, Gertie Longbottom was laid to rest. For those of you who don't know who Gertie Longbottom is, it was my very large pink plastic water bottle that I was mocked about incessantly, no hard feelings because I have a soft and forgiving heart. Um, But she started tasting like plastic when I was drinking out of her. So I know some of you have been concerned where she's been and unfortunately she was laid to rest. I don't have a name yet for this one. We could talk about it after the service. Okay, so I'm gonna ask you to do something I'm going to ask you to allow the Holy Spirit to bring a picture to your mind and to your spirit. And this was the picture that God gave me, and I'm going to read it out to you. And I'd just like to invite you to hear it, see it, feel it, experience it for a moment to set you up, to set context for the word that I'm about to bring. Okay, so picture in your mind. Someone asleep in a bed, in a cold, dark room where the air is stale. This room is barely illuminated. Perhaps the room is locked from the outside, or at least this room is difficult to leave. The person almost seems like they've been asleep for a while, a long while. Maybe there's dust in the room from lack of movement, and that person looks like they've almost been in a hibernation state. They probably have lack of blood flow to their extremities from being asleep for so long, and they also have some muscle atrophy from just not engaging their body in physical activity. Their sleep is dull. It's not a restful kind of sleep where dreaming happens and the body's restored but like they've been put into a trance, almost like an endless slumber. It's a dreamless sleep. Suddenly, through the crack in the walls, a shaft of light illuminates a portion of the room. The light causes the dust particles in the room to be exposed as they dance across that small beam. This shaft of light begins to slowly warm up the cool room. Although it is a small shaft of light, it has so much strength. Then through the same cracks in the wall, a warm breeze begins to blow in the room. It starts to clear the dust particles out and the air is starting to freshen. The room is warming up. And it is lightening up. Because of this, the person begins to stir from a deep sleep into a lighter sleep. He's wiggling his fingers and toes a little bit, and you can tell that the fresh air is reaching his nostrils and reviving him. Suddenly but gently, through those same cracks in the wall, a faint melody seeps through. It's muffled at first. It's a little hard to discern where exactly it's coming from. But shortly, it fills the whole room with the clearest, most inviting melody. Soon the words are ringing through the room in such fullness Arise, my love, my fair one, and come away. For now, the winter is past. The rain is over and gone. The flowers appear on the earth. The time of singing has come. And the voice of the turtle dove is heard in the land. Arise, my beloved, come my beauty, for look, the winter is over. The rainy season has turned and gone away and the blossoms appear in the land. The time of singing has arrived. The melody is so beautiful, so full, it beckons with such force. The man is now fully awake. He is entranced by the melody and can feel energy coming into his body and the dust of the room being blown off his skin. He takes deep breaths. (sighs) And he finds himself wondering why he slept for so long and how he fell asleep in the first place. The song is alluring. It's inviting. He sits up in bed and he strains to discover where the sound is coming from. And it's for the first time that he notices his door is now open, a crack. And he realizes that somehow he has the energy to get up out of his bed towards the door into the daylight. That's the picture God gave me for this process that we are being called into in this day, in this hour, in this time. And I just wanna take a little bit of time and describe to you the journey of becoming awake, arising and advancing. First I wanna talk to you about this idea that we can be in slumber, spiritually in slumber, Physically in slumber and why that happens in the first place. We can come into a slumber which can feel like or act like tired all the time, really kind of having a hard time being aware of the presence of God, the spirit of God, the goodness of God, the beauty around us. But it can also feel like emotionally numb, not really with or in your body it can feel sluggish you can feel disengaged you can feel apathetic you can just feel like (laughs) that's sort of the expression that I use when I get into that space it's like (laughs) that makes sense right that cleared the air about what it's like (laughs) And and there are some reasons why we can move into a slumber, a spiritual slumber, a physical slumber. One of the first reasons is trauma. We We can have experiences in our life where we experience something that's overwhelming, that we feel threatened by, and we don't feel equipped to cope with. And our brains and our bodies say, this is too much, we need to shut down. And when that happens, the brain literally moves into a different state and the body moves into a different state. And we're not fully present and we're not fully engaged. And and we call that in in sort of the psych world dissociation. And, And a way that I describe it is almost like the spirit just moves away from the body to protect itself from being too deeply wounded. And the body and the soul and the mind stay uh, almost in a neutral zone because it feels so unsafe. Now, another thing that can happen that can cause you to go into a state of slumber, to be disengaged, to be asleep, is unforgiveness. Uh, You know, when we are hurt by others and we choose not to release them to the justice of God and to keep our hearts soft towards God and forgive them and release them of their sins, what happens is that we have decided that we can't be one with people and with God because it's not safe we decide that we will take justice into our own hands. We decide that we will be the one that looks out for the risk of being hurt again. Now what happens is that when we are not one with our brothers and sisters, when we're not one with God because of unforgiveness, we also have to turn off the good things. When we shut out the bad, there's not a switch just for the bad. Unfortunately, it's connected to both. It's connected to the good and the bad. And so the switch goes off in terms of the good as well. And this switch also goes off that has a little sign above your head that says, open for connection, open for engagement, open for bond, open for attachment. And in the distance between ourselves and others and between ourselves and God, the enemy moves in and begins to numb us and lull us to sleep and convince us that we don't need others, that we just need ourselves and our own strength. And in that space, we can become so asleep that we forget about others and God. Because we cannot cope with not being connected, engaged, bonded, attached to one another. God has made us to be one with one another, and he's made us to be one with him. The other way that we can fall into a slumbering spirit is through lack of reconciliation. So again, this goes back to this idea that, uh, yeah, in my heart I've forgiven this person, But I will not move my heart attitude towards an openness of being reconciled to them. Now, I just, as a disclaimer, um, for those of you that don't know, I'm a trauma therapist. And if you've been abused by someone, I I just want to be clear that what I'm not saying is if you don't reconcile yourself to your abuser and come into the relationship with them, you'll remain in a slumbering spirit. That's not what I'm saying. I'm speaking of when we've had conflict, broken relationship, etc. in our life and we've turned away from someone and maybe we've started to forgive them, maybe we've started to uh, entertain the idea of reconciliation but we're not making the effort to be fully reconciled to them. And from what I read in the word this is a commandment that we are to be reconciled to our brothers and sisters whatever it takes Um, and and, you know I, I think that part of what happens in terms of the process of reconciliation is it starts with our heart maybe don't worry about the details of how to be reconciled to someone just ask God to show you where you don't have a heart for reconciliation. Um, and so I, I kind of want to read you some scriptures because here I am blabbing about this stuff, and, like, does the word actually back this up? Apparently, it does. So in Colossians 3.13, it says, and I'm so sorry, I don't know if you're doing PowerPoint, um, but I have no idea what version this is. This is the kind of week I had. Um, There's no versions. It's that kind of (laughs) week. Hallelujah. So in Colossians 3.13, it says, uh, Bear with each other. Forgive each other. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. You know, this year, God really gave me a revelation of, Oh my goodness, he died because he wanted me reconciled to him. That's the model he gave me for how I posture myself with others. Like, I'm a little slow to the uptake. I know some of you are like, yeah, actually, yes, Jen, that's true. But I was like, what? This is so real. Like, it just hit me so hard. The spirit of reconciliation is what causes our spirit to be alive and awake. Okay. And I'm going to prove that to you right now, in Romans 5.10, it says this. Again, no version, the Bible version. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more, now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life? We are not going to waste that sacrifice by not being forgiving and not being reconciled. So again, when our hearts are not willing to even posture uh, themselves in a spirit of reconciliation, what happens is that that puts you in a position of hypervigilance. I don't trust people. Maybe I don't even trust God. And to be in that space, you really have to kind of be numb because it hurts to be alone and it hurts to believe that the world isn't safe and that people aren't loving and that God doesn't want you to be reconciled and to be whole and healed. So you have to numb yourself. Okay. Another way that we can be put to sleep, that we can be in a place of slumbering spirit is if we are engaging in repeated patterns of sinfulness. Um, sometimes I think that what happens is this world is painful. Like, you know, God even promised us that in this world we would have many troubles but to take heart. Remember when he said that? And that we'd have trials of many kind. But I think sometimes we don't know how to deal with the pain. And so we we try to numb ourselves. We try to anesthetize that pain. We try to care for it and, and often we do that in a really reflexive way where we're not thinking about, is it good for me to numb in this way? We just want the pain to be gone. And so we enter into sinful patterns, uh, you know, through pornography and through food addiction and through alcoholism and through uh, sexual activities and et etc. et But it can also look like repeated patterns of thinking poorly of others. It can be repeated patterns of putting yourself in a position of being the victim and refusing to see yourself in any other position. It can be repeated patterns of gossip and slander. It can be repeated patterns of refusing to yield to the voice of God in your life. And again, what happens is Unfortunately, those patterns, those sinful patterns that we enter into to try and um, calm and numb the pain become a stronghold in our life. And, it, and it's like a little sleeping pill from the enemy that can, can put you to sleep. So it doesn't, it doesn't calm the pain or heal the pain. It numbs it. But it's still there. And so one of the ways that we want to come out of that slumbering spirit is by confessing our sins, being reconciled to one another, and also being willing to bring our pain to God and to feel it. Sounds like a load of fun, doesn't it? Okay. I'm going to give you a few more scriptures to give you a sense of how important it is for for, from God, for us to be awake. How deeply he desires for us to be a people that's awake and not asleep. In Isaiah 52.1, it says, Awake, awake, Zion. Clothe yourself with strength. Put on your garments of splendor, Jerusalem, the holy city. The uncircumcised and defiled will not enter you again. Now this was a prophetic word over the Israelites. But I love to pull on this verse believing that the same love and passion that he had for Israel, the same promise that he had that they would not be defiled if they could awake and move into God's heart is available for us today. And... Isaiah 60, verses 1 and 2, it says, Arise, shine, for your light has come. Remember, you are not in darkness. You're not a people of darkness. You're a people of light. And I don't know if, if, if you're like this, but if I leave my curtains open in the bedroom, as soon as the sun comes up in the morning and the light starts shining in, I have to be awake. I can't sleep through that. Your light has come. If you don't know how to wake up out of your slumber, the light will wake you up. Um, Okay, and so moving on. Isaiah 61 and 2, and then a little bit of 3. See, darkness covers the earth. And thick darkness is over the people. But... The Lord rises upon you, and his glory appears over you. Yep, it's dark. Yep, it's really dark. It kind of sucks. But the Lord rises upon you, and his glory appears over you. He sees you way differently than you see you. And he sees the darkness way different than we see the darkness. And then the, the third verse says this. Nations will come to your light and kings to the brightness of the dawn. So when we wake up and we begin to engage in the light, we draw others into the light. We invite them into this awake state. boo yeah. Okay, now I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna give you a little bit of like nerdy brain science. And I guess anytime you invite me to preach you'll be subjected to this (laughs) Um, because I love neuroscience. So um, circadian rhythm is that rhythm that decides, helps you wake up in the morning, move throughout your day with energy, go to bed at a good time, and sleep through the night well. Uh, Sometimes our circadian rhythm can get messed up, and that can include if we're dissociated if we're numbing ourselves, if we're into addictive patterns, et cetera, et cetera. And that includes addicted to negative thinking, et cetera. So it's been proven scientifically that when we are engaged in in unhealthy thinking patterns, it changes our circadian rhythm. So interesting. So one of the, um, the big research pieces that's going on right now is around this idea that immediately when you wake up first thing in the morning get up out of your bed don't read don't pray, nothing get up and go into the sun and let the sun reach your eyes and your skin, your bare skin for about 20 minutes if you do that every single day for a number of days your circadian rhythm will be reset and your your brain will remember what time it's supposed to go to bed, and you will have energy during the times of the day that normally you have felt sluggish. I remember when I was first reading this research, um, I thought to myself, "Oh man, there is a sp- that's spiritual," because you know we can wake up from a spirit of slumber. And not get out of bed. And, and, the, and the thing about that is, is that we can wake up and go, oh, woe is me. Look at my wicked state. I, I'm, I've been in a state of slumber. What do I do now? Well, I'm going to suggest that we go to the sun. We look to the sun. And we let him change the rhythms and patterns of our life. We run to the sun. We let him shine in our eyes and shine in our hearts and, and shine on our bodies in the places that need healing. This is how we arise out of, out of that uh, awakened state. We get up out of bed and we move towards Jesus. Why? Because sometimes we can be awakened and be in pain. Like, I'll tell you, I'll, I'm going to be, how old am I going to be, 47 or 48? We've talked about this. Really? Really? It's not 48. Okay, I was born in 1976. How old does that make me? Ancient. Ancient. (laughs) It's true. I don't know how I got here. I don't feel this age. Um, But, like, I notice that when I wake up in the morning... I hurt a little more than I used to. Like all it takes is like to sleep in the wrong position and I'm like, oh, oh God, I'm dying. Help me, Jesus. You know, like it hurts to wake up sometimes. But also the truth is, is that we can ask God to wake us up out of a spirit of slumber and we're gonna be aware of all the things. And some of them aren't gonna be great. <laughs> like my sore neck and my aching back and etc. you know. And so we have to run to Jesus. We can't leave any space in between when we wake up and when we run to him. Why? Because this is the space where you're most vulnerable. This is the space where the enemy comes in and brings Mm S-H-A-M-E. He loves to shame us in this place. Right? Because it's like I'm awake now and I'm seeing why I fell asleep in the first place and I don't know what to do with this. And the uh, the enemy loves to keep you in bed, unengaged, disconnected. And so we have to run to the sun. We got to let him shine in us and fill us up with his light and his glory. And he will heal you. He will heal you. He will heal you. And he will equip you. And he will prepare you. And he will grant you all the resources that you need to be a person who has awoken and has arisen out of bed. It is good. (laughs) It's excellent. It's excellent. (laughs) Okay, I want to read you a scripture verse again. Where it's from. it's from Malachi 4.2, but in terms of version, we don't know. For you who revere my name, the sun of righteousness will rise with healing in its wings. And you will go out and frolic like well-fed calves. I love that so much because it's not the picture of someone who's just woken up and is achy and sore and in pain and kind of aware of their stuff. This is a happy little heifer. <laughs> you're, you're all heifers. <laughs> that doesn't really resonate, does it? No, none of us really want to be called a heifer. Okay, here's the deal though and it's really important to understand this. Once we've arisen from a place of slumbering you know what I really wish I'm sorry this is just my ADHD brain wouldn't it be cute if there was a picture of a heifer back there <laughs> okay anyway moving on when we've arisen from that place of slumber and, and we move into that, uh, um, that state of being up and ready and engaged in the light there's actually a call there to advance Again, this is a very vulnerable place to be in. Because if we don't move forward, if we don't advance in our life, we will become lukewarm. In Revelations 3.16, it says this. Because you're lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. Out of my mouth. He doesn't actually say it that way, but that's how I hear it in my head. Um, and, and, and he was speaking this to one of the churches, um, And we wanna be a people who have awoken from our slumbering state. We wanna be a people who have rushed to the sun and are finding our healing and are becoming an integrated people in all our parts. But we also wanna be a people who advance. If we don't advance, we will become lukewarm. And it's easy to move back into old patterns. And, and so one of the things that it says in Psalm 24, 9, lift your heads, you gates, lift them up, you ancient doors, that the king of glory may come in. And so we've got to lift our heads, and we've got to see, where is he? I'm moving there. I'm going to move in that direction. I don't know what I'm doing here or here or here. I just know that he's there, and I know that I'm going there. And I don't know if this is at all comforting, but... I feel like that's been the the last about five years of my life has been, I see God there, I'm going there, I'm just going to stumble after him, and lots of people are saying, well, what are the details involving that? And I'm going, I don't really know, uh, but I'm just going to go. And something about that is so powerful because, do you know what it takes to do that? Faith, dependency, surrender, courage, We're a people of courage. We're a people of faith. We're a surrendered people. We're called to advance. We get bored if we don't. And then Chris and I start to fight. That just slipped out. (laughs) I'm teasing. It's true though. Okay, so we want to step into our destiny. The light moves with us. We want to run this race to the fullness. So I want to read to you Philippians 3.14. I bet you lots of you have this one memorized. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Ooh, I love this one so much because what it means is that, A, there's a prize. And if any of you know me at all, I'm highly food motivated. I'm hoping it's a food prize, but I think it might be Jesus. But I'm just saying... It did say there was a feast. It did say that in the Bible. You can read it for yourselves. But also that if I press onward, it's not for naught. I'm going to land somewhere. I'm going to arrive. There's going to be a win in this. Do not be afraid of advancing, even if you don't know what you're doing. Join the club. Okay, let let me say this. Um this whole deal of, of waking up and arising into the light and advancing, it's OK that you're in one of those places. And there might be actually parts of you that are in different places than other parts of you. You know, like I've discovered that um, the, the mental part of me is starting to advance the physical part of me is having a hard time these days. So I'm actually having to submit to the Lord help me God to as I'm in the light help me to advance physically. Does that make sense? It's okay that you're at different places in this journey. And it's okay that different parts of you are in different places. It's okay. Because this is a process that God has promised us. If he has our yes. Okay, so I want to read you some more scriptures. Philippians two twelve B, the second part of it, says this, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. That's what I'm talking about when I'm talking about this process. It's about working out our salvation. In other words, we don't just get saved and that's it. You know, like free trip to heaven. There is this working out of our salvation that looks like waking up, Arising into the light and advancing towards the prize. And you know, a lot of times, for me at least, advancing is motivated by love. When I got into that light, into the light of Jesus, I was so stunned by His love, I was so moved by his love for others, that I could not move forward. I could not not move forward. Uh, it was like, I cannot lo- not love people. I can't not do what God is doing. And so as you work out your salvation with fear and trembling, you're going to find that you're just going to get pulled into the light and pulled into that advancement. Because love is powerful. It's like a a raging fire. It's like a a heavy wave. It's it's like a tsunami that will just catch you up and move you forward. And then I wanted to read this one, 2 Corinthians 3.18. But we all, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of God, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. You're being transformed. Don't be afraid of this transformative process because I can promise you That you will move into glory, to glory, to glory, to glory. And it's good. It's good. It hurts, but it's good. So, the absolute key to all of this is something that Pastor Mark preached last week. He said it at the end of his sermon. He dropped it like a bomb in the room. And it was like it just caught fire in my heart. It's the one thing that you need to do this. The only thing you need to do this. The very thing you will need is the blood of Jesus Christ. It's the antidote. It's the antidote for slumbering. It's the antidote for being stuck in our beds. It's the antidote for when we're afraid of advancing. It's the very thing that will transform us from glory to glory to glory to glory. I want to read Ephesians 2.13 to you. For now you have been united with Christ Jesus. Ugh, that alone, good enough. Once you were far away from God. And can I just insert for a minute, once you were asleep, once you were stuck, once you were slumbering, once you were in pain, once you didn't know the glory of God, etc. But now you've been brought near to him through what? The blood of Christ not your good behavior, not powering through, not um, any of those things. I could come up with a list of 800,000. It's through the blood of Jesus Christ. So I'm going to speak this call over you right now into your spirits. We're going to move sort of from the brain into the spirit for a minute, and I declare over you that this season of awake arise advance is on you as a people I declare that the blood of Jesus is on you and in you and it is time it is time it is time to wake up it is time to arise church arise church and it is time to advance. Now we're gonna engage our spirits for a few minutes here. We have a song that we're gonna introduce to you. And I know that sometimes when you're learning a new song as a congregation, it can be like a little bit like awkward. So what I want you to do is first receive, hear, listen to the song as soon as possible. I want you to engage in it. I want you to begin to sing it. I want you to begin to declare it in your spirit. I want you to begin to declare it in your family. I want you to begin to declare it in the atmosphere. I want you to declare it over Drayton Valley. I want you to declare it over the fires. Whatever God is calling you to do right now that is an act of awaking, arising, and advancing, as we sing this, this is the prophetic act. When we're finished singing this song, they're going to continue to play. I'm going to come down and I'm going to invite our ministry team to come up. If you want prayer covering to ask the Lord to awake your slumbering spirit to be able to arise into his light or to advance, we would love to pray for you. And in this moment, you cause us to be awake, you cause us to jump up out of our beds into the sound of your song, into the sound of your call, and into your light. And we're waking up, and we're seeing, and we're feeling the light engaging our bodies and our spirits. We're feeling the light in this room, cleansing the air, and contending on our behalf right now and we're advancing. We're moving forward into the call on our lives. We're moving forward. We're moving into the life of Christ, into the kingdom of God. And so, God, we just pray that as we sing this song, we're going to start to prophesy. We're going to start to wake up. We're going to start to feel our muscles, our spiritual muscles waking up and being strengthened right now. And God, we want to say thank you for the blood, thank you for the blood, thank you for the blood, thank you for the blood! Thank you for the blood! I declare the blood of Jesus in this place! I declare the blood of Jesus over you and in you. His blood is enough, his blood is enough. His blood is enough, his blood is enough for this moment. His blood covers you, his blood is in you, his blood heals you, his blood speaks to you, his blood integrates you. His blood is enough. Let's declare it in song.
0: Just stay engaged here. I want to unpack what it means to plead the blood. There's two definitions of plead one is begging, and one is appropriating, as in a legal term, as in enforcing. As believers, the blood has been shed for us. We're not begging, it's already been done. What we're doing is we're appropriating. What we're saying is. This is our legal stance before Christ and it's the, it's, the, it's the reconciler between what is impossible and that which is possible. And so we're not begging here, we're appropriating. And so what we're saying to the enemy is you can't trespass because the most powerful substance on this earth is one blood, one droplet of the blood of Jesus. Okay, amen?
1: Okay. So sometimes we have to join our faith with others, right? And, and that's one way of moving in faith is saying, oh, I'll turn towards some people here. I, I need to ask for help with this. And so I'm going to ask ministry team, will you come up and they're, they're going to situate themselves across the room here. And this is what I want you to do. If you have felt that the Spirit has said to you, I know there's slumber in my life. I know I need to rise. I know I need to run to the sun. I know I need to advance. Then what I want you to do is to very quickly, very quickly, do not leave any space between that unction and coming to the front. And I want you to come to the people. Don't stand and wait for them to come to you. You come to them. And they're going to pray with you today.
0: But Jesus died on the cross, right? He died on the cross for us, which means he acted. He chose to advance. He chose to go forward. Sometimes I think maybe we need to change it slightly from awake, arise, to attack, because there's something in us as men, too, that once we know we're attacking, we'll actually shift our posture. But really, this is what we're doing. This is what we're singing about. The enemy does not have this claim on us. We get to say no to that. In fact, we get to fight against it, and we get to declare the word of God over our nation, our province, and the world. And I want us just to agree with something before everybody comes up in prayer, but I want to break off that slumbering spirit off our province and off our nation. Can we do that? So, Jesus, right now, we break that slumbering spirit off this church off our province, and off our nation. In Jesus' name, every church that's meeting right now, in Jesus' name, we break that slumbering spirit off them. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, can the body say amen? All right. So if you want prayer, come to the front. There will be people waiting to pray for you. Bless you.